made it clear in public that a large part of the reason he bought the platform was because of our moderation policies and disagreements in how we deal with health. This puts Twitter service and trust and safety, as well as anybody who cares about health on the platform, in a very difficult position. I believe Twitter grows as a service, allows for more people to use the product and have a better experience because we're able to make the conversation on Twitter be safe because we have built tools, processes for people to be able to feel safe and control their experiences. I believe that there is a lot of work we have to do to continue making that better. Sometimes that means more thoughtful moderation. Sometimes that means making things simpler. Sometimes that means changing product incentives to be able to solve problems through products sometimes instead of policies. Yeah. That's some some of the leaked stuff from Twitter. Project Veritas had a bunch of this. They were freaking out yesterday. They had a whole all hands on deck. Everybody meet. Oh my gosh. And what is it? One of the lawyers, I'm bringing this up. One of the lawyers, one of their top attorneys, I should say, one of their top people, had a freak out cry sesh with the employees. And then Musk was accused of sending hate because he had tweeted that he didn't like how one of the ladies, one of the chicks who uh, ran the moderation department, right? I guess that's what they call it. The Ministry of Moderation. They were, people were upset because they're like, oh, Elon Musk sent a whole bunch of hate her way because he just had one thing of criticism. And I was looking at the hate that she supposedly received and it was just I mean, it was really vanilla wafer stuff. Welcome to the show. We're halfway through the week. It's Wednesday. I got some bunch of weird stuff to break down for you today. It's good to be with you. Dana Lash here, your lovable little Daria-esque hostess. And I've noticed, I, I think in two days I've gained over 11,000 followers. I had almost 2 million followers in 2020. It was like 1,998 something. And then I lost... 20,000 approximately in one night. And then I started losing like 30,000 a week after that. And then after I complained about it on Twitter, then the number reduced. Then I only lost 20,000 a week. And then I was losing about 3,000 a day. I have screenshots of all of this. And it's just weird now to see. There would be times where I would put stuff out and I wouldn't get any engagement at all. Not a single like, not a single retweet. And other people I saw as well, including like a lot of, speaking of Project Veritas, a lot of their stuff too. Uh, there just was not, because they, it was being all throttled is why. Everything was being completely throttled. So, you know, there it is. This is, uh, it's very interesting to watch this, to watch all of this kind of unfold. Because now, apparently, when the deal went through, and I, again, I don't, we're all speculating on this, just to let you know, like, everybody's kind of speculating on this. But when this deal went through, apparently they froze out all of the employees who could access the Twitter code. They froze them out. And so, I guess... They weren't able to get in, and I, I have two. I'm, I'm of. I have two things, two ways of thinking about this. The reason so many people are seeing engagement is because either people want to erase their fingerprints, they don't want any culpability, that one, or 
they uh, were were manually manipulating stuff, which is what I think. I kind of think it's both. Or they were manually manipulating stuff. Kane thinks that too. So you're telling me you had some doucher who was sitting there at a desk who was like, let's knock you back by 10,000. Oh, dude, there's not enough middle fingers in the world. Not enough. So very different, very interesting how this is this is working. Now, uh, Martin Luther Cream here, Sean King, a.k.a. Talcum X. He's back. He's saying and I, I'm like, who tells you this? He's got this. Do you know he's got like this million dollar lake house? He moved from his apartment in New York and he used that BLM money. You know, he's a white dude who appropriates black culture. Let's just get that straight. And then he keeps his hair cut real short on purpose as far as he he does that. Because he was like, he was a blonde-headed white kid when he was younger. Anyway, I bring that up because he loves to lecture about race. And he likes to act like he is the ambassador for all black people. I don't say that. Black Twitter said it. I mean, he's been dragged already six ways to Sunday. My whole point in bringing him up is that I don't know who... I don't believe that anyone tells him this. He said, I'm told this morning that Apple and Google will remove Twitter from the app store if it does not moderate and remove hate speech under Elon Musk. And I'm thinking, who called your fat A double snakes and decide and was like, guess what? You know what? We need to call we need to call the guy who is pretending to be black. We need to call Sean King. And we need to tell him what we're planning to. No one thinks like that. No one does that. He's just making this up for attention. No one told him, just like his mom did not have an affair and he is from a white family. No one told him this. And so he, um, that's what they're all pushing, hate speech. First off, you know, this, the deal is not completely done yet, right? It's not entirely done yet. So I know. So everybody just chill because it's, the deal is not, the deal is not done. There's still like a couple of things that they have to do in order for it to be done. So there's no way that he's going to be able to go in there and just take over all the moderation and everything for it now. It's just, just, just chill out. So this, uh, it's been fascinating to watch this and it's been fascinating to watch the reaction of the left as it relates to free speech. It It's just I, I mean, I've been watching people just completely melt down still over this. But the engagement has been, I'm happy to see that there's been an increase in engagement. So five, there's there's a couple of things to watch. I want to also get into some of the media attacks on this, the media aspect. Because as I've said before, you know, this, again, it does not matter at all whether or not you are on Twitter. It does not matter at all. And I, the reason I focus a lot on this is because it's not because I'm giving it any kind of like undue um, attention. It's because it is an incredibly important story. It's going to affect what you do. It's going to affect what your kids do. This is the battle for the digital public square. And you got to think about that as we go into the metaverse, right? So this story, and this I'm pulling this up. This is from the Washington Post. He's, you know that he's already been accused of being a rapist, right? Like media's already going after him. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, and they're going to Johnny Depp him now. So 
the Washington Post, this chick, I don't know. I, her name is not worth being on my lips. Uh, this piece says, two days into Musk buying Twitter, he's using his megaphone to help target Twitter employees, prompting a barrage of attacks, including racist ones from his fans. Twitter workers have repeatedly asked management for protection from this scenario. What? How? This is literally what he tweeted. He didn't even mention anyone by name. He didn't mention any any kind of... He didn't, like, engage in ad hominem. He criticized a policy that the person, that the executive at Twitter was directly responsible for. This broad makes $17 million. All he said is, quote, suspending the Twitter account of a major news organization for publishing a truthful story was obviously incredibly inappropriate. By the way, this is not anything different from what Jack Dorsey said. Not, it is not anything at all different from what Jack Dorsey said. But these people are freaking out. He mildly criticized. That's all it was. Freaking out. And everyone's like, oh, he's threatening these executives. They're being threatened. These poor Twitter executives, they're just now getting mean tweets and their mentions. Can you believe, Kane? Someone told one of them to blank off. Oh, my gosh. How do you come back? You can't. I am shook. I am literally shaking our in. I was looking at this and I'm like, you know what? This is... I'm not making this about me. I'm just giving it as an example. But, you know, I had like somebody tell me they're going to murder me in front of my family, rape my corpse in my yard. So I'm just saying maybe take the blank off. You know, it could be worse. It could be worse. (sighs) Uh, I mean, it's just wild. But they're trying to say now he's he's so mean to these executives. He's so mean to them. He's. Uh, uh, Elon Musk is all he's doing right now is he's he's encouraging um, hate towards these executives, etc., etc. He's not doing anything like that. He's not doing anything like what you all did to the rest of us. So let's let's keep that in perspective. All right. So there's a lot of this. There's a lot to get into. So that's like some of the first uh, ridiculous. That's some of the first media spin on this. There's also. Uh, NBC and ABC I'm pulling this up this is via Newsbusters so Good Morning America they were saying they they were really getting on Jeff Bezos' side they were saying this morning inside the world's richest man's plans to change the popular platform Jeff Bezos raises his own questions well way to go to get into that don't look at Jeff Bezos' own kind of history with this stuff don't look at Jeff Bezos's business relationships with China. You're going to this, this is what I said. This is just the beginning in the battle for the public square. This is just the beginning. So this is going to go on for quite some time. It's going to ramp up and they're going to play dirty and you just got to be prepared for it. We have uh I'm going to get into more on this too. There was one thing I wanted to bring up. I thought this was a great point. This was made last night by uh, Walter Isaacson, who is, he's a professor at Tulane, and I think he's doing, he's writing a book on Elon Musk. And he wrote yesterday morning, quote, 
Late last night, after winning his battle for Twitter, Elon Musk was in Boca Chica and held his regular 10 p.m. meeting on Raptor engine design, where he spent more than an hour working on valve leak solutions. No one mentioned Twitter. He can multitask. There you go. So, I think that's that's pretty... I think that says it all. Yeah, very telling. So coming up, we've got some wokery. Russia has cut gas to Poland and apparently Bulgaria in a major escalation. We're going to discuss that as well. I still am stunned that no one in cable news is talking about this crazy Durham email drop where you had all of these reporters from ABC, NBC, The Atlantic, Reuters, everybody, all working with a Russian firm Fusion GPS was acting as an unregistered lobbyist against the the Foreign Agents Registration Act, FARA, which, interestingly enough, is what they tried to bust Carter Page for and Mike Flynn uh, without evidence. They were working with this entity to try to smear people who were working with the Trump campaign. We're going to talk more about that because I read the emails last night. Yes, 62 pages. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. We're going to discuss that. We got some culture. We got some Hollywood. We got a whole bunch of other stuff to get into. So you don't want to miss a single bit of today's show. I like knowing exactly where my tasty, delicious meat comes from. And with Moink, that place is small family farms all across America. From farm direct to your dining table, Moink gives you access to the freshest, sustainably sourced meat and fish. Moink is dedicated to helping save rural America. Join the Moink movement today. The Moink difference is one that you can taste and feel good knowing that you're helping family farms stay financially independent. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork, pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted, and Ring Doorbell founder Jamie Siminoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Keep America farming by signing up at moinkbox.com Dana right now and get free filet mignon for a year. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. Spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com Dana. That's moinkbox.com Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Mm, So Harvard is, I can't believe this is a headline. Harvard is setting up a $100 million slavery reparation fund. They're putting huge sums into closing gaps caused by legacy of racism and benefiting from trade after it was outlawed in Massachusetts. Well, I mean, they are a leftist school, and I hold leftists responsible for the continuing and and uh, perpetuation of slavery. So, yeah, you guys, the left specifically, go ahead and offer them reparations up. Go ahead. A hundred. It's a one hundred page report, and they, the this is Kane. This is a sentence. The report lifted a lid on the history of slaves said to have had uh, to toil on the campus and how it affects the campus today. It affects them today? I'm just, I'm curious. So if they want to give their money to that, go right ahead. It's Harvard. You know, I'm all for, again, Democrats uh, making, uh, atoning for their sense. I'm, I'm all for that. Kane, any objections? No. I, I also have none. No objections at all whatsoever. My Google Docs for us, so I can't. I'm trying to get in. Over 120,000 pounds of ground beef were recalled over possible E. coli contamination. Hmm. 
How much more is exactly? Donald Trump Jr. launches a gun rights group and vows to fight gun control. Libs of TikTok was deplatformed by Linktree without warning. I know. Linktree is like a like a one-stop shop where you can put all your stuff in like one place. Yeah, they 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 deplatform them without any kind of warning. And this is curious. Fort Worth is going to be the first city in the United States to mine Bitcoin and is going to run mining rigs out of City Hall. They're going to have three machines. They'll consume the same amount of energy as a household vacuum cleaner. What? You know they had to tell people that so the greenies wouldn't get all That's apoplectic. True. Wait a minute, a mining rig? That sounds like it's bad for the... Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, stick with us because speaking of mining, Biden imposes restrictions on Arctic drilling. We'll discuss. If there's only one word to remember about Keltec, it's innovation. A privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one of a kind American made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P15 9mm Striker Fire Pistol. The P15 is Keltec's first Striker Fire handgun and is the lightest and thinnest of its kind. Featuring a totally unique patent pending extended magazine, the P15 pistol's other features include fiber optic front sight and adjustable rear, ambidextrous safety and magazine release, as well as a gator grip texture that increases stability and makes for easy, accurate handling. The P-15 is fun on the range, but it's definitely great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P-15 9mm Striker Fire Pistol and all other Keltec weapons and products, check out keltecweapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C weapons.com. Keltec, creating innovative, quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltec Weapons Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Where you go back and you can't yell fire in a movie theater. What are the ground rules? And the issue is whether it's Elon Musk or anybody else, it's a problem that's bigger than Elon Musk. What the the right has already seized is this ground that they're on the side of free speech. They're really not. They're for the political version of yelling fire in a movie theater. Except that's... Not at all. I'm so tired of people using that. They don't understand what it means. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dana Lash. Uh, Good to be with you. Bottom of our first hour. That whole thing uh, that was Nicole, what what network is she on? Is it CNN, MSNBC? I don't even know. I think it's MSNBC. Can we stop using that stupid analogy? These people don't even understand what it means. You're talking about a, a, a decision that was that pertained to putting people who protested against the war to jailing them. And by the way, that decision was overturned 60 years ago. Without fail, every single time there is an issue of speech that comes up. Somebody toddler stomps into the middle of the conversation. It's like yelling fire in a crowded theater, except it's not at all. Really isn't. Everybody does this. I've seen it over and over again. Wallace is just the latest. It, by the way, that was the phrase was never binding law and wasn't even used in the decision of U.S. versus Shank. And that was the whole Supreme Court case. Actually, it was overturned 60 years after, for, well, about 50 years ago. It had nothing to do with fires. It was like an off remark that was made by Oliver Wendell Holmes. That's what it was. Now, The case had to do with Charles Shank. He was secretary of the Socialist Party of America. And they were trying to use the Espionage Act 
to convict him. He was distributing these pamphlets, right? And the pamphlets discussed his opposition to the draft during World War One, And so... He didn't even, I mean, he didn't even call, ACLU said he didn't even, and I hate citing the ACLU, but it's true. He didn't even call for civil disobedience. This is the way that the court described the pamphlet. Do not submit to intimidation, they said, but in form at least, confined itself to peaceful measures, such, such as a petition for the repeal of the act. The other and later side of the sheet was headed, assert your rights. So before the court even issued its opinion, it was a a remark that Holmes had made. And he was talking about how the First Amendment has limitations as it relates to protected and unprotected speech. It's just a judge's opinion. The Atlantic had a piece on it uh, as it related to what they call a dictum, which is when a judge makes offers an opinion that has nothing to do with the or, or doesn't directly even involve the case or the facts of the case or anything else. It's just like a remark. Now, the ruling that they said, they were trying to argue that the pamphlet itself presented a clear and present danger to a nation at war. And so they jailed this guy. They jailed Charles Shank. So you had, there were two, I mean, later on it was completely overturned, Brandenburg Brandenburg v. Ohio. uh, And because it was an anti-speech ruling. It It was a bad ruling from the court, the end. And so people who are trying to assert that it's like, it, first off, where are you going to be arrested for yelling fire in a crowded theater? Nowhere. That's right. Nowhere. Also, what if there's a fire? Exactly. Because intent comes down to a lot of this. So people don't, you know, they don't quite understand. I feel like they use this a lot because they would love to prosecute misinformation. The left hates that there are limitations on how... They can go after people for their speech. I really do believe that. But this uh, idea that, well, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. That's what they're trying to make the argument that free speech includes. And I've seen people doing this all day, that free speech includes saying hateful things. It does actually include saying hateful things. That's the thing. You realize. And I and I know that everyone listening to the program realizes this, but you you actually can believe in free speech while disagreeing with what's being said even abhorring what's being said but recognizing that the person has the right to say it whether or not you like the right that's what the left doesn't understand whether or not they like something does not determine whether or not you can do something in fact the law has been the law protects speech that is incredibly unpopular just like it was incredibly unpopular to argue against the crown back in the day. And so that's why they're really trying to go after, oh, hate speech, hate speech. Someone was saying, well, what if they were someone was saying something racist? What if the other thing I disagree with the left on as it relates to this point is I'm the person who wants to know where the freaks are. You know what I mean? Like if you're like just for instance, like if you're a serial killer, I kind of want to know, right? If you're a a racist, I kind of want to know. I'm all for allowing that freak flag to fly. I've said this for over a decade. I want that freak flag to fly. I want you to fly it high so everybody can see it. Because then we can make an informed decision about whether or not we want to have anything to do with you. See, that's the thing. Someone saying something rude or hurtful, that doesn't mean that you can stop them from saying it. 
right? I also think that people don't understand the procedure of unprotected speech. So things like libel and slander and defamation and, you know, fighting the fighting words uh, measure, all that stuff. It doesn't mean that you can't say something. It just means that if it's proven in court that your words maliciously damaged someone else, then then you would be held liable for the consequence of your speech. That's what it means to have unprotected speech. Protected speech means you can't sue someone for their opinion. I've had people try to come at me at that way before. And when they get the response from my lawyer, they freak out because I sue, I go after them for everything they have. And, I, and every time I've walked into a courtroom, I've won. Every case. And I'm like, come on, people. Actually, it doesn't even walk. We don't even get that far. People just run away after that. I've had people try to, I don't like your opinion on this. Or you said this about something and it hurt my feelings. Well, tough. That's tough. Tough stuff. You don't understand what protected speech is. It's insane. So this thing, this whole, you know, with what is or is not protected speech. There are people who say horrible things about me and... There are people who say absolutely untrue things about me. Bill Maher has said absolutely untrue things about me. Like the whole thing that I went around and pitched a reality show. I find that in, in, injurious. I do. It, that makes me mad. Because, not that I, I, look, if you like reality television, good for you. I think it's trash. I've always thought it was trash. There was this dude who I've never met in my life. Who, when I, I had to like search, I never delete emails. I had to search through like years of emails and I found a proposition from this dude. I had never, I didn't respond to it because I thought it was creepy and he seemed like a pervert. And he was like offering, he wanted, he wanted to do something with me and all the like options, something. And I'm just like, I, and I had an agent. I have an agent with one of the top agencies in the world. Why in the world would I respond to a thing like that? Well, this guy, apparently his politics differed from mine. And so after Parkland, he decided, and according to some people that I know who work at major, uh, who work with major uh, film and TV and have popular television series on, on cable networks, he wasn't doing so good professionally. So I guess he just decided he, it just seems desperate. So he made up this thing that I had approached him and pitched him something. And I'm like, I don't even know you. I would not know you if I fell over you in my living room. And he ranted the Daily Mail with that. And they published the article. No one ever reached out to me for comment. Deadline Hollywood, TMZ, everybody ran with this. Because it was Parkland and people hated me and they wanted to do as much injury to my reputation as possible. So they wanted to portray me as some desperate uh, woman who wanted a reality show. I didn't even know any of this until I just like saw the headlines coming in. I'm like, oh my gosh, what? And then Bill Maher hit me in a monologue that he did where he referenced it, which is why I'm mad at him. Yeah, and all that stuff. This is why Wikipedia isn't even allowed in a court of law. Most of the stuff on my Wikipedia page isn't even true or accurate. But you have progressives on there that will fight you to edit it. They wouldn't even allow my publishing company to add my third book on there. My publishing company. So that's the stuff I've had to deal with. Other people have had to deal with far worse. And my whole point is that 
it really actually didn't hurt my my profession. It didn't. It's just one of those things, you know, it's all about, they wanted to just taint me in the eyes of the public after Parkland because these people are ridiculous. They couldn't meet my facts in a debate space because I wouldn't turn them into ground meat. So they had to try to injure me in some other fashion. And so they, and that was more of an ego kick than anything else. I'm like, because I'm a snob about television and movies. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I would never do reality television. Nah. There's no way. A long, long time ago, like 15 years ago, what was that show, ABC Wife Swap? They sent me an email about participating and I promptly deleted it. Actually, I didn't delete it. I just put it in my, um, I can't tell you what the name of the folder is. Actually, I just stopped myself because I'd get in trouble. It was basically like, WTF is this? Just to be like, I never responded. I was like, that's that's offensive. I'm offended. (laughs) No way. My family's not like, you know, for entertainment. Sorry. It's just, it's nuts. Just crazy. But that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. You know, people can, they can be free to say whatever they want to. I'm not going to go out and stop somebody from trying to say what they want to say, even if I hate it. There's protected and unprotected speech. This is what the left doesn't understand. There was a really good point that was made by Will Chamberlain. I retweeted this. Actually, I have to find it now because I thought it was a really great point that he had made. He says, I could see the left being afraid of Elon Musk. And Will, by the way, is is uh, is uh, an attorney. And he's done some stuff over at like Daily Wire and that he goes, you know, I could see the left being afraid of Elon Musk if they were worried about being censored themselves. But they aren't. They just have existential dread that if conservatives are not censored, the American public will agree with us. And they'll be out of power. That is it exactly. The left recognizes that the arguments of liberty are persuasive and they work. And so instead of trying to challenge this, they can't. Because ultimately, when you have a product that's bad, you're not going to win anybody over. And that's the issue that they have. They're not going to win anybody over because they have a crap product. But they don't want the right talking about it because when you tell people, hey, do you want to do you like liberty? Do you want to live your life and not have anybody up in your business? Do you want to keep your money and not have to like fork it over to the government by way of threat of jail? When you talk to people about that stuff, they're like, yeah, those are it's a good product. It kind of sells itself, doesn't it? You don't even need to do a lot of persuading. But the left doesn't want to hear it. They want to shut you down so you can't share those ideas. That's what they do on Twitter. Now. Facebook and Instagram are still going to be utter dumpster dives. They are. They're going to be they're they're going to be awful because they still have all that stuff in place. I don't do a lot. Uh, I mean, I put stuff up on my uh, my official Facebook page. I don't do a lot on my personal Facebook page. I don't really use it. I just have friends and family on there that I know in real life. But it's it's difficult. Um, and the trolls on there can be kind of bad. Every now and then I'll go in there and I'll just delete if I see people being like really rude to someone else. Uh, usually like going especially usually it's it's progressive men going after conservative women I delete them I block them but usually I don't usually I don't do that usually I'll just keep the fighting up but maybe Twitter will change for the good we'll see I'm you know I'm I'm hopeful but I'm not confident yet but the engagement the change of engagement has been nice from being throttled and my husband having to refollow me like every week because Twitter would unfollow us 
from each other. Isn't that pretty crazy? I've had to refollow you, Kane. Yep, I have to do you too. It's nuts. Yeah, so we'll see. As we get moving, folks, we have uh, more coming up. And uh, what else do we got? Ooh, we got the latest news with Russia and gas, too. Almost every day we hear about another major corporation that's gone woke, tormenting their employees with progressive propaganda and funding organizations that seem to hate the country and values and free speech and rights in the Constitution. So this is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. It's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service, plus you get the peace of mind that your money is supporting free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and they're 100% US-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veterans, and first responder heroes. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make that switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT today. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm uh, watching, little KMFDM, watching, well, not watching, I was reading the transcript of this. The the new attacks on Musk are going to be, and I told you yesterday when the left was asking these questions, like, what about, are you okay with people like saying hate speech, like racist stuff or anti-Semitic stuff? And so Joy Reid is saying, Elon Musk misses apartheid and wants conservatives to attack Jews and women. Dude. Why? Logan Raddick goes, she shouldn't be named Joy. Her name should be Hate. I'm going to call her Hate Reed. I mean, I actually don't call her anything because she's not really important enough to be on my day-to-day radar. She thinks she's important enough. But the only time that we ever talk about her is when she says something really stupid, which is incredibly... Yeah, it's like it's weekly. Is right. Yeah. So, mm, I'm telling you what. So I'm um amazed at some of this stuff, just that's out there. The left is struggling with school boards. They're stay. They're mad after the Disney thing. They're mad over Twitter. I'm just saying it's, you know, it is something that. You need to be prepared for because they're gonna they they are gonna fight dirty and so basically you're just gonna get called a racist and a woman beater a whole bunch, yeah. and you'll probably be called a Nazi. Am I missing something? Yeah. Hates animals, beats kittens, or something like that. I'm just you know just assuming, I'm just assuming that. I was read. I'll put this in because uh, this is I was looking at the story. I had a really good read. That was examining the role of marriage and family in society. It was this long-form piece called How Everyone Got So Lonely that ran in The New Yorker. And I'm not totally a fan of The New Yorker. But but it's interesting now that some of these, like, you know, Manhattan hipsters are saying, wow, you know, the world's pulling apart and everyone sort of retreated to their families. Well, what happens if you didn't have one? You you know, you're just like a 30-something-year-old single person and you didn't, huh? And so it examines how we, it looked at, you know, kind of how society got to that point. It's an interesting read. I'll put it in the email newsletter uh, when I send out the prep in the morning. So make sure you sign up for that at Substack. Second hour on the way. Stick with us. 
Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately, we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms, and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible and gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Does the president still maintain that he never spoke with his son about his business dealings? And given this reporting on Eric Schwerin, does he also say that he has never spoken to his son's business partners about his son's business dealings? Uh, he maintains uh, his same statements that he's made in the past. Uh, I would say, I know you're referring to uh, WAVES records that were released more than 10 years ago. I really don't have uh, more detail or information on them. I'd note that there was a gap when WAVES records were not released, uh, but I don't have more information about visits from more than 10 years ago. Yeah, well, look how she says it, like we shouldn't care, except that Biden was using, was leveraging that as a way to get business. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here, second hour of the show. Good to be with you this afternoon. And these financial records, I was discussing this a bit on Jesse Waters last night. He had over $5 million in unexplained income. And then he paid Hunter's legal bills for this one of the big Chinese deals. And he was tapped as the big guy to get 10%, a 10% cut another. And this was all revealed in these emails, etc. You know, when he's in Delaware, they don't keep logs of who visits him. And we also know that Hunter Biden's business partner had visited Joe Biden in the White House numerous times, like 19 times, according to White House visitor logs, because they record the VP residence as well. So we know, we know exactly how many he, he and he was saying that he didn't know any of this. Here's the thing. This is what they did. If they just came out and said, yeah, you know, we inappropriately leveraged the office of the vice presidency to make business deals and enrich ourselves. I don't know how much of that would technically be illegal, right? But it looks horrible and it would cost him elected office. But see, they'd rather risk hiding it and cover the cover up is always worse than the crime. Well, in some instances, not like murder, etc. But you know what I mean? But they're ins- they're insisting nothing's wrong. They, they, they will hide it. They will fight you and they will hide it however long they have to. That's what they'll do. And so, and he would lose access to elected office. And they need that, that influence in elected office. Do you think anyone gives a crap what Biden, outside of, what, what Biden does outside of elected office? No. If he wasn't in the White House right now, his family would not be getting these deals. And you all know that. They would not be getting these deals. It's just, just the way it is. So they really worked hard, really worked hard to leverage all of everything that they could with him being in the vice president's office. And I think him as president, too. And Biden knew about it and he would meet with people. There are pictures of him meeting. 
that were on this laptop meeting with these people. They really did leverage it uh, for business purposes. We have a right to know that. Now, this is where I, I again, I'm sure that there there may be some laws. I, I know what I know and I know what I don't. I don't know the financial, the how it relates to the ins and outs of uh, whatever law would regulate this. But so the Rosemont Seneca firm that Hunter Biden had founded, that was the, I believe, the firm that was working with the Chinese, communist Chinese government to establish their access to the Democratic Republic of Congo, those cobalt mines, because that was part of their Belt and Road thing. And they ended up acquiring the rights to that. Well, the rights were just, you know, they own it. They wanted the rare earth elements. And it was Hunter Biden's firm that somehow, I don't know how, but they were able, they facilitated that. And that's how they got that big, that chunk of money. They got millions from that deal. He made a lot of money off of that deal. And I bring this up because this is where I feel like maybe there's more money for them to to be made because we don't know the ins and outs of that deal, right? Did Hunter Biden negotiate a percentage of elements sold? You know, like however much is sold a year of the mined cobalt or however, whatever, do they get a, do they get a percentage? Because think about how much of that is used for batteries, electric, etc. Think about that. And you here you have Joe Biden and Democrats that want to push everything towards green. Remember, they want all electric military vehicles. Well, where do you think the materials for those batteries are going to come from? China. Right? So you're going to give China an immense, a, a lot of leverage. And they're making money off of it. That's where I think it endangers national security. And I think that American people, our ta- us as taxpayers, we have a right to know. But they refuse to tell us. They refuse to even be transparent on who met with whom and what they discussed. You know, the other thing about this, just kind of related to this, an ancillary topic, is I can't stand the people that are like, oh, well, or the argument, rather. Where people assume that being against communist Chinese government having control over all rare earth elements means that you hate forever electric vehicles. I just hate pretending that they're environmentally friendly. What I wish the argument would pivot to is how the United States can be more as as self-sustaining with rare earth elements and the creation of what is needed for alternate forms of energy, as we are with oil and gas. I'm not against alternate forms of energy at all. Well, I hate wind. I hate wind power. I think they're sky blenders and they look stupid. So you're right. I do hate that. Solar, I don't have a problem with. If you can get it. And I don't have a problem with, you know, anything else. I think it's stupid to phase out one form of energy entirely. That's what Biden's wanting to do. And see, here's what Democrats, they, they, they want all of this stuff, but they don't want to do anything to make the United States actually a top producer of it or a producer at all, at least just for our own purposes. They, everything is outsourced to China. That's what I, and so how... You have to ask yourself, especially now with the presence of this firm with Hunter Biden, how much money did this fa- is this family going to make off the quote unquote Green New Deal if they ever get that passed, which I don't think they will. Thank heavens. Just saying. Big thing there. All right. So I saw this. 
headline. I got to pull this up. So apparently there was this, uh, I don't know. There was uh, apparently Bannon is demanding, Steve Bannon is demanding that Elon Musk drop his bid on Twitter. And he's saying, if these people are going to play games, walk. It's time for them to grow up and they need to learn a lesson. Let them clean house when you come back and buy it at a discount. I don't think that I would take the advice of anyone who who ruined Andrew Breitbart's website to give you uh, any kind of advice as to what to do about Twitter, Elon Musk. He Bannon talks a big, tough game. I've known him for over a decade. He's not. Not on my team. This is a guy who called Donald Trump Jr. a traitor and who turned on Trump like that and who invited uh, a weaselly reporter and gave him full access to the White House. He did that to try to get leverage on Trump, but that got away from him. He's a user. When he first came onto the scene, when he glommed onto Sarah Palin, remember those crappy documentaries he did? He interviewed me for one of them and I was in it and it was basically a bunch of like B-roll footage and clip art. And he acted like he was this great director. No, he's, I think it's interesting that he's doing that. He likes to be contrarian and he envisions himself to be this like Machiavellian guy and he doesn't. He's a coattail writer. That's all he was and it's all he ever will be. I do not like him. I do have history with this guy and I will never like him ever. And I think this is stupid. You don't sit, you don't sit here and take the advice of somebody who ruined Breitbart to give you advice on Twitter. Give me a break. I got that out of my system. I had to because I saw that going around. Telling you what. So, few things here. The, oh, where did this go? Because we were talking about some of the media. Uh, here it is. This media reaction to this, these Twitter executives are now, all they have left are personal attacks. Lara Cohen, Twitter's global head of partners, uh, accused Musk of misogyny and and wrote, uh, tweeted, color me shocked that people are coming for two of our prominent female executives on day one of this thing. Yeah, really? If you're, you know what, you wanted that role, you got that role, you take the heat that comes with it. These, do you know, do you realize that these broads got millions of dollars a year annually? They got a ton of money every year. And and one of these women was directly in charge of moderation. And you have Vijaya Gaddy, who was one of them. Lara Cohen was the other. And this, and Musk was saying that, he said that uh, people on Tuesday were downloading other uh, Twitter competitors more than they were Twitter still. And he accused, he didn't actually accuse, he didn't say anything by name. He had a very innocuous and very legitimate criticism. That's all it was. And now these female executives are angry. Progressive feminism. I can't stand it. They are empowered until they're criticized, and then they rely, they fall upon their sex as a crutch. How dare you criticize me? I thought you were a big girl. I thought you were all empowered. It was all about girl power and lady boss and all of that nonsense. And that what? And that I mean that's 
That's what broads like this. That's what they say when they get in these positions. Oh, I'm a girl boss now. I'm an executive at Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Don't you dare criticize me for my policy. See, a real empowered woman would acknowledge and own up to the mistakes that she made while in a position of executive leadership at this company. And they wouldn't sit here and say that it's misogynistic just because the criticism came from a guy who has somebody who has balls. Be real. It's not misogynistic. I, I echo those sentiments. So is it still misogynistic? I can't stand this. Take some accountability. Y'all ladies, you just cemented the stereotype of women drivers because you drove Twitter into the ground. <sighs> Crazy. Oh, they're whining about it. Oh my gosh. One of the Twitter lawyers actually was doing everything that they could to I can't wait for this to come out. I cannot wait for all of this to come out. How close of a relationship Twitter and the administration had. Because Jim Baker was uh, a lawyer for Twitter, and he was a guy who was arranging all the meetings between, and this is according to, I think it was a uh, Wall Street Journal piece. He was... Uh, arranging meetings between Michael Sussman and the FBI when Sussman uh, had fabricated evidence. I mean, this, how these, I'm telling you, telling you, telling you, the Vijaya Gaddy lady was the head of moderation and she was described uh, in this NYT New York Times piece, Vijaya Gaddy, a key executive involved in decisions to remove former President Donald Trump and ban political advertising, expressed uncertainty about the future of the platform. She was literally the censorship lady. And Musk responded to a story tweeted to him about that. And he said, that's when he said, suspending the Twitter account of a major news organization for publishing a truthful story was obviously incredibly inappropriate. And that's, that's why they're all freaking out. He was right. He was absolutely right. We have more to come. You don't want to miss. Lots of stuff. we got headlines on the way too. Hi everyone, Steve Hilton here. You may have seen my show, The Next Revolution, on Fox News, but did you know about my podcast, California Rebel Base? I live in California. I suffer, along with millions of people, the consequences of the left-wing madness that we get shoved down our throats all the time by the Democrats who've been in charge here in what is pretty much a one-party state. Well, I've started this show, California Rebel Base, to fight back, to be a platform for all the rebels who are trying to change things and turn things around and the reason it matters to everyone wherever you live is because as we know the left-wing madness that starts in california does not end in california it can infect the whole country so we need to fight back to help us do that make sure you join us at california rebel base you can follow us on apple spotify youtube iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts we'd love to have you part of this movement and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for dana's quick five brought to you by caltech so apparently there's a fight over coronavirus safety that's coming up at this White House correspondence thing. It's going to be the White House. It's going to be the super spreader event. The White House correspondence super spreader association dinner. It's going to be this weekend. And they're apparently they were fighting over whether or not they were going to install like special lights to stop the virus from spreading. But what if you're the virus just by yourself? Oh, Look at that. No, they are. And apparently there's going to be four separate super spreader events for the White House Correspondents Super Spreader Association this week. That's the Dems the Rules, right? That's how it goes. Dems, Dems the Rules. 
Uh, Biden is looking at various options to forgive uh, almost all federal student loan debt. It, it could affect 43 million borrowers who hold more than $1.6 trillion in federal student loans. So if you're a truck driver and you didn't agree to the terms of a student loan for someone who paid six figures for their college education to study women's studies, guess what? You're going to be on the hook for it. Yay! Don't you love it? I mean, it's like you're paying for the uneducated aristocracy. Oh, look at that. Uh, a pro football analyst says the NFL draft is anti-American. I don't know. Uh, I that it's that's the way it is. Mike Florio, who's the founder of something I don't know, I don't know. They said that he's he's got this book called Playmakers. The NFL really works and does how the NFL really works and doesn't. And he said that uh, he's a former labor lawyer. Basically, he said uh, that it's an anti-American thing. It the the draft reflects anti-American values. It's the NFL draft. Who's this guy? Who cares? Yeah, we don't care. Bye. Uh, also, you remember the emails we were talking about? And I'm going to talk about more coming up. Apparently, they were, quote unquote, accidentally released. Oh, oh boy, man. That's just a rough ride, isn't it? It's a rough ride. They were accidentally released. So we're still going to talk about them anyway. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, and speaking of what those hundreds of emails, I was looking at it. It's like 62 pages, just what was released. And Poland does confirm that Russia is going to halt all gas delivery today if payment is not settled. Only in rubles. Stick with us. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. Now he's obviously very serious. He's committed his capital to it. He wants to build this business. But I don't think he has, based on his public statements, it's clear he has a very little understanding of the complexities that go into content moderation and, and hate speech policies and the like. So he's about to learn how it works. And it might be a whole um, lot more complicated than he realized. This realized. is Mash Tater, Brian Stelter. What, what do you mean? Like, how complicated is it, Brian? It's not complicated. You people are trying to make it seem like he's too stupid. Did you see someone was like, he doesn't even have a master's degree. He's got a BA in uh, physics and economics. So he seems like he's doing pretty well without having the worthless piece of paper that would have been his master's. What? Good grief. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Yeah, I... It's so, it's so goofy. I, it's not very difficult at all um the policies i mean all it is is that you just don't anything that's not considered protected speech which we just had a conversation about that's what you focus on but they're trying to make it sound like it's well you know it's a lot more difficult than that it's really not though but see i guess it is difficult for them kane because they always for so long anything that they disliked violated a term of service Right. If you simply said that men can't have their periods, then that's violation of terms of service. If you call a man a woman and he is or if you call a man a man and he identifies as a woman, that violates the terms of service. I mean, you know, screw your reality, science and biology. I mean, you know, who cares? Yeah. Oh, this is a. I, I'm still kind of laughing. I'm, I'm totally, I'm laughing a lot. I'm not, you know, it's just funny. The whole story about Durham 
accidentally release, releasing all of those Fusion GPS emails that were meant to be under seal. We talked about this yesterday. Uh, he now. Apparently, he meant to file these emails under seal and they were just accidentally all released. He had hundreds of emails from the Oppo research firm Fusion GPS. Now, just to recap real quick, Fusion GPS is the entity that Hillary Clinton hired Hillary Clinton in the DNC, I might add, through their law firm Perkins Coie. They hired Fusion GPS, who was working with the Kremlin and all of that stuff. They hired them so that that's how they were going after Trump. And all of the the stories, Fusion GPS was reaching out to all of these reporters and they were pitching them on stories and the reporters were sending them drafts so that Fusion GPS could actually go over the drafts themselves. They were sending this to them and then sending them out, publishing them in the press. And then Nellie Ower, who worked with with Fusion GPS, was taking those stories and through her husband, Bruce Ower, at DOJ, was using them to as evidence before a FISA court saying, oh, we've got to have this. We've got to have uh, surveillance on uh, these people that are mentioned in this story. Look at all this evidence. That's how they did this. And so he's been he was fighting against Democrat claims of attorney client privilege. And so some of these changes accidentally were released. Oh, I'm not going to pretend to be sad about it either. It happened. You know why? Because Democrats did this all the time. They undermine the rule of law. Guess what? When you undermine the rule of law, it goes both ways. The uh, Perkins Coie and everybody else, they're trying to fight Durham's efforts to compel the submission of withheld documents. They won't even give. Uh, Durham everything that he needs oh wow so they're fighting you're telling me they're fighting the yeah they are and so his uh via the Washington Examiner Durham said that apparently the motions that he was filing he said the motions that they were were requesting for the court to leave file under seal exhibit a and that exhibit A remains sealed until further order of the court. But apparently, and he was saying because there was personally identifiable information in the emails, which of course there were. And then the exhibit appeared to be included on the court docket and was completely unredacted. And then he corrected his error Tuesday morning and the emails were once again sealed, but they're all out there now. Just saying. <laughs> the, it's pretty amazing. And they're from Glenn Simpson and Peter Fritch. And then Jake Berkowitz, another guy at Fusion GPS, to all these reporters in 2016. And they they focus on Fusion pushing claims related to Alpha Bank, Carter Page, and that Sergey Mil- Milion. And Page was targeted with the FISA surveillance. Now, if you remember, <clears throat> excuse me, and this was, Fusion GPS was the group that hired uh, Christopher Steele. Now, if you remember, the FISA court, they they and the DOJ and everybody were targeting Carter Page because they were relying on these stories that were being written in the Steele dossier. And Fusion pushed all these papers and this uh, thing on Alpha Bank and Berkowitz had sent, and I think that's, I'm trying to remember what page of this, there's like maybe page 30 or something of the uh, email dump. Berkowitz had sent an email to Frank Four, who, who wrote for Slate, and this was about, he sent, he was uh, pushing him towards writing about Carter Page. And this was in May of 2016. And so Forrest sent a draft of his story. And it was titled Manchurian Candidate. 
uh, to Fritch asking for suggestions and please read over this draft and correct any errors, etc. And then uh, Fritch also was pushing claims about others related to this whole thing. They did this with New York Times people. They did. I mean, it was crazy. They had a very close relationship. And then Flora reported via Slate in October of 2016 that researchers uh, had this relationship between a server registered to the Trump organization and two servers registered to an entity called Alpha Bank. And the FBI concluded there could be an innocuous explanation like a mar- like a marketing email or spam. Now, remember, all of this was debunked. This was all stuff that was entirely made up. And remember, Hillary Clinton and Washington Examiner noted this in a story on Halloween of 2016. Clinton had tweeted, quote, computer scientists have apparently uncovered a a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russian based bank. And the story that she was sharing and citing the slate story, the information of which had been pitched by Fusion GPS, the firm that Clinton had hired through Perkins Coie. Mm hmm. There you go. Look at that. Ooh. And they really, they were, they just, and they had, they also had no high opinion of conservatives in these emails too. All of these, all of this stuff, DARPA stuff, classified stuff. Oh my gosh. There is so much. There's a lot to go through. And I, you got this, by the way, if you sign up for my newsletter at Substack, I highly encourage you to do so. I sent out the 62 pages of this. It's a PDF form. You have it in your email. It's a link to it. This is just crazy, though. And, like, for instance, one of the guys, uh, Glenn Simpson, was pushing to one reporter uh, how Paige, uh, you know, write a story about how Paige may have met with this guy or this guy. You know, these Russians. It's crazy. I mean, they, this is what Fusion GPS was pushing. All of this was built on this stuff. And Hillary Clinton will not turn over all the documents related to it. I just love that it's, that they quote unquote accidentally released it. I still love that. I'm telling you. Now, this is what the media is actually pushing. This is an actual story over at CNN. The Republican blueprint to steal the 2024 election. Actual headline. I don't know why they think that. It was Democrats that actually did it, that tried it in 2016. Definitely. There's a lot of voter fraud in 2020. I just can't. They'll never acknowledge. It's just kind of stunning. They'll never acknowledge it. But this is what they're pushing. They're trying to now convince people because they realize the defeat is going to be so bad at midterms. Now they're trying to say that it's if, if a Democrat doesn't win, it's always because it's a stolen election. Have you noticed that? <laughs> it's because the election was stolen. That's what it is. Now, there's been video switching gears here. We've talked about this whole situation before with Alec Baldwin. And there was video, two different videos, showing uh, first responders trying to save Helena Hutchins, the uh, cinematographer that Alec Baldwin shot and killed on the rest set. Footage has also emerged of investigators telling Baldwin that Hutchins did not make it. And there was also third, a third uh, video excerpt that is now public that's showing him drawing the gun from his coat during a rehearsal that was recorded for a scene. And he was telling cops that he didn't pull the trigger, except 
he literally had his finger on the trigger when he pulled it out of his gun or out of his coat. He had his finger on the trigger. That's how that works. It's it's visible in the video. And I just don't. I mean, because he's able to travel all around. He's been in Europe. He's been everywhere else doing all of this stuff. And um, I, it's kind of amazing. This, I don't know. The, the footage where investigators tell him of that Hutchins had, uh, had passed. I don't know. I don't want to... Because he does the thing where he covers his, he he had to have known. I mean, you had to. I mean, the injury was was pretty bad. I think even before he left, he had to have known. Just just wild stuff. I don't know. He's. Uh, I don't know how he doesn't get off without a charge. I can't believe that you know that that the investigation has taken this long, especially with so much on camera. Right? There's been stuff that hasn't been captured on camera where the investigation has been a lot shorter. I I just I don't man. It's I think it was his arrogance and his own hubris. He in one of the calls that he had apparently he was begging the police to indulge his theory that the gun was tampered with. And they keep going after that armorer Hannah Reed, which it didn't sound like she was a great armorer. But it doesn't matter because she didn't have the gun in her hand. And I see so many people trying to make excuses like he's an actor, he's a whatever. No. No, no, no. I'm not going to have any, and I've seen a couple of conservatives say this. I'm not going to have any conservatives under undermine firearm safety by allowing people who are actors, who, by the way, blast firearm safety, people who promote firearm safety like myself, blast people like me. I'm not going to have conser- anybody on the right undermine the importance of firearm safety. Just because you're an actor doesn't mean you get a pass especially when you're the executive producer of the film and you are literally responsible for everything that's happening on set. Give me a break. The Dana Show, sponsored by 30 years of game-changing Caltech innovation, like the P50, a new breed of pistol. Innovation, performance, Caltech. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. (laughs) It's time for Florida Man. Oh, wow. I mean, I know people are picky about their golf courses, but dang. So a 74-year-old Florida man shot another Florida man in the ankle and then beat him with his golf club because the guy walked his dog on a Delray Beach golf course. It was at the 15th hole of Kings Point Golf Club just before 7 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, It's from WPBF. Whoo, boy. Yeah, he was upset because apparently the guy had uh robert levine is his name he uh, was upset that the other florida man herbert Merritt, 64 was walking his dog on the grass next to the golf cart golf course and that's when levine rode up on in his golf cart and started a verbal altercation due to him having his dog on the course except apparently he was in the grass next to the course i don't know so here (laughs) levine began causing a verbal altercation according to the police report and then he began shooting at him while Merritt was running away levine chased Merritt around a tree while continuing to shoot oh my gosh 
Merritt told deputies he had never seen Levine before, did nothing to provoke him, and felt that the dude was trying to kill him. Witnesses say they saw Levine kick Merritt in the head, go back to his golf cart, get a club, and then begin beating Merritt with the club while holding the gun in the other hand. Deputies said they found shell casings all over the ground and two golf clubs with blood on them. Merritt was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries from being shot and beaten, and Levine is apparently still in the hospital, probably because he's nuts. He's being charged with attempted first-degree murder and other charges. Holy wow. How much you want to bet he was in, like, plaid pants? How much you want to bet? All right, I told you I was going to have you this lady today. Florida woman, a teacher, was arrested for beating a kid with a broomstick. There you go. St. Lucie County Sheriff Ken Mascara. That's his name. Wow. Cool. He uh, announced the arrest of Sintichi? C-Y-N-T-Y-C-H-E? Lundy? We're going to call her Sinti. Sinti Lundy, 49, of Port St. Lucie, by Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office. One uh, One felony count of child abuse against a Forest Grove middle student. Uh, she was booked into Palm Beach County Jail, released on $5,000 bond. They, they, she apparently got mad and went for the broomstick and beat the kid upside the head with the broomstick. The kid apparently is okay, but good grief. A Florida man installed a device to pump and take off with 200, almost 200 gallons of free gas. That's actually kind of clever, I'm just going to say. Rainier Delgado Alvarez, was arri- he arrived at the Chevron gas station. Uh, and this is in Orlando, and he went to uh, various pumps, and they had a, he had a white truck equipped with a bladder truck on the bed, and that's the vehicle that's been retrofitted to include a fuel tank that's hidden from sight and can be used to hold a ton of fuel, and then that's sold on the black market. Yeah, he used a key to open the pump, backed his truck up, and to the adjacent pump, and then just got all the gas. Now, first off, how are you not seeing this if you're, like, working at the gas station? And the guy doesn't pay and just like, how do you not? He left the gas station without paying. I would like if he pulled up with that much, don't you think that maybe you'd be like, just to, just to, you know, be like, hey, hope you have a good day. Not that I'm trying to be weird with you or nothing, but I just want to make sure you're not stealing all this gas. How much, I wonder how much they sell it for on the black market. I'm curious. Cause it seems like it would be harder to get gas there than it would be just like at the regular market, right? I'm just, I'm just kind of wondering about that. Whew. So, we got free gas, 200 gallons of gas, destined for the black market. Uh, I think they're still, I, I don't think they were able to apprehend him. Uh, and then, of course, the broomstick lady and then the guy beating the other guy with the golf course. I have, Kane and I are looking at this huge trove of all of Hunter Biden's emails cataloged by year from the laptop. It's kind of gross. Stick with us. If you want to get rid of inflation, the only way to do it is to um, undo a lot of the Trump tax cuts and raise rates. No Republican is ever going to do that. So the only way to get rid of inflation is through reconciliation. So now that's Chuck Schumer talking about how he's going to be raising all our taxes with just Democrats. Dude, I will physically fight you. We'll slap fight. Let's go slap fight out out in DuPont Circle. I'm just saying. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Dana Lash here. I wish I could go to New York and cheat and vote him out of office. I mean, they, they, Democrats do it. Ah. So, that's Senator Chuck Schumer. The Trump tax cuts were incredibly helpful. You don't just, these people don't deserve more of our money. 
How much of our money are these people want to do? You have Biden sitting here pushing student loan forgiveness. Kane, I don't believe I signed up or agreed to the terms of any of those loans. Do you? No, I sure if I'm paying for your college, I'm going to control your life. I'm going to be showing up at your dorm, making sure you're studying, and I get to tell you what to do, where to go, how to dress. Oh, I will run your life. And if you don't want my money, then I suggest that if you don't want me involved in your life, then you can't take my money. That's they're, they're putting the average everyday American on the hook for college education. Most people that, that and they and, and the debt that most of these people that are going to be paying it could not afford to take themselves. It's so elitist. It is such an elitist thing. It's such an elitist move by the left. All these people who were really smart with their money, they paid off their student loans. Goodness. It's, it's, it's really, really just kind of a, uh, a finger in the eye of all these people. So Kane and I, are, are you still looking at those emails? I am. Look at you. What year are you on? I started yeah, over 2015 because uh, I wanted to just kind of see some of the emails leading up to the 2016. Because you know a lot of the planning that is executed in 2016 is based on conversations that happened in 2015. So I'm going through that right now. You know, the people in the chat room are going to love looking at these emails. I'm just saying. Did you drop the link in there? No. I, what I'll do is I, I'm going to what I'll do is I'll send I'm going to put it in the email prep. OK, I definitely will do that. But I know one quick way to get it in there, because if I go in there, I'm going to never go out. I'm just going to be there partying, um, is is uh, I'm going to come to give it to Lorraine and she'll put it in there. And then we'll just wait until you see. There's a lot. Can you can you explain for just a minute what we're all looking at? Because a, and I'll put it up on Facebook. Yeah, this is uh, it's an aggregate. It's a site that is has aggregated the inbox of Hunter Biden's email, at least one of the email addresses. Uh, so it's just so it's all of every email, even like spam mail, even spam, okay. even, you know, receipts from him ordering dominoes, stuff like that. It's all on there. Um, you, now, you have to weed through for every 20 to 30 emails that are spam or something that's not interesting. There's a handful of really interesting stuff and it doesn't matter which year you look at like every year that's there it's from 2009 to 2016 or i'm sorry to 2020 and uh the year 2020 it only has like a handful of emails in that one but um so i I think this was all aggregated you know obviously right after the uh laptop was left at that repair shop there in delaware so this is wild it's all here I mean, I, I just saw like, I mean, it, everything is in this. Why would you leave your, how do you leave a laptop? Can I just, can we just for one second, how does that happen? Crazy things happen. I freak out if I leave a water bottle. When you smoke crack, I mean, crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. And when you're, you know, like, uh, you got that uh, Democrat privilege, I guess like Hunter Biden, it doesn't matter how many times you have to repurchase. I'm, I, I'm 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 just amazed. There's so much in here. So much in here. And some very interesting emails. So I, I'm just like kind of just, you know, bopping around looking at different things. There's I haven't even looked at the 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 twenty twenty. Well, they don't even think they I don't think they no, there's only a few from twenty twenty. So that's uh good heavens. There's, oh my gosh, it's just so crazy. All of these emails. 
There's a lot to go through. So there's, yeah, people in the chat will have fun with this. Because all of the inappropriate stuff that they've, the business stuff and all that, it's in here. You have to pick through literally all of the other stuff in order to get it. It's a lot. It's good reading. It's, some would say, Kane, it's speech reading for when you're on vacation. Just, you know, right? A little late spring break, just, you know, get you, get you a nice cold drink and you can just, you know, go through this stuff. Golly. Who does that? Isn't that not a a big to just leave your the fact that it was never impressed upon him to maybe not jeopardize Intel or anything like that. He's reckless. There was that story when he um rented a car, do you remember that? And I think it was in Arizona where he finally dumped it. It was a rental car and he had his brothers. AG badge in there, along with like so, a pipe and some stuff. Smartest guy Joe knows. That's what he said. Smartest guy he knows. Tell me what. What's the what's the one that's standing out to you right now? Um, well, I'm looking at one that says it's. This is regarding the Joe Biden random compliment generator from the Washington Post, which I'm like, what is that all about? There's mm-hmm. a link in the email, so I am actually. Going to try and uh, get this. It's from um, uh, Eric Schwerin. Schwerin. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to look at that and see if there's anything mm. there. But I mean, there's so much to look at here. Um, like you'll literally spend time <laughs> going through these. It's unbelievable the amount of emails that are in here. I just uh, yeah. And he he got a lot of spam, which makes me kind of wonder. You know, makes me kind of wonder where all you've been going when you get that much spam just saying good grief though now there's that and then there's the whole durham email dump so there's a lot of stuff to read you guys got that in the email newsletter there's a lot of stuff to read so in one of them there's one email from uh mark hosenball who is at reuters to sergey million who calls himself millionaire and Mark was, and he were, and Sergey was working with Fusion GPS. Mark Hosenball was exposed in this last filing from Durham as a collaborator with Fusion GPS. And Mark, when he's talking with Sergey here, he's citing this uh, very. Uh, reliable source of information, the Washington Post, and he links to this story. Uh, Sergey Milian identified as an unwitting source for the Steele dossier, sought proximity to Trump's world in 2016. He's like, oh, he's, you know, the, the Washington Post. He's like, I would welcome your explanation on this. It, invite, it, it identifies you as the source. Now, the, the article that he's citing was proven false and defamatory and was retracted by the Washington Post. This is the stuff that we're, this is what we're, it's just crazy. Oh my gosh. It's a very reliable source. They were going after, yeah, this, this Sergey Milian, he calls himself a millionaire. I don't know really much about him, but this is this one guy and the Mark Hosenball when he was, uh, well, I should say Milian was like the target of this thing. He uh, was, th- this was a story that he was citing 
and the information for the story that he was citing is in another email, and I'm going to pull this up, that where, the, uh, what is it, Fritch was pushing this for, for them to write it. I mean, there's like all of these receipts. Golly. There's a lot to look at. So there's, there's, all, these, there's all these things, all these emails to read. Oh, you look interested, Kane. Why are you leaning in like that? What's up? Sup? I'm just seeing like uh, different like newspaper sources uh-huh. um, providing drafts of stories to people to to uh, wait. Which you know, are you Hunter. in? Oh, I'm, Hunter. I'm okay. still in 2015. He paid Tony Hawk five hundred dollars. Yeah, I saw that one too. What is with that? Through Venmo? Did you? Yeah, see that? yeah. What's up? That's weird, dude. It said you paid Tony Hawk. Please come get her on December thirty first, twenty eighteen. That's wild. That's one of the. That's the Hunter I'm Biden. Hoping thing. her is a skateboard. Uh, I don't think that Tony rolls any other way. Right. So, yeah, I'm just saying. Oh my gosh, I just can't. Some of these emails, I can tell some of them are, are a little sketch. Some of his junk mail that he gets. You know what I mean? It's like when I waste like twenty or thirty minutes on you know Instagram. Seeing mm-hmm. videos and stuff, it's like I'm. I, that's what I'm doing. It's just like I'm just saying. You can tell he does porn time. stuff, yeah, because some of the stuff that he's gotten. What's is chatter? Junk. What's chatter? Dude, chatter bait. Don't say it. Do I don't mean? know what it is. I don't know, and Juan doesn't those, know right? either because he's innocent. <laughs> don't Google, guys. Don't Google any of the stuff that Kane ever suggests like this. Don't ever do it. Didn't suggest anything. I'm there just, is I'm so what it much is. here. It is crazy. Like, what is this other account that he's supposed to concern? I'm not even ch- clicking that. I'm not going to click it. It's creepy. And there's all of this stuff. There's a ton, like, mixed in with the porn stuff. This <laughs> is all of these emails from Rosemont Seneca, which was his firm that he used to help the communist Chinese government obtain control of the cobalt in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Yeah. That's a little weird, right? That's yeah. like a weird... He's got the Rosemont Seneca account, and then he has the iCloud email uh, as well that are all aggregated in here. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. Well, no, and even so, I mean, even the it's just weird. It's just weird. He's a uh, he has a Google alert on Biden. That makes sense. I mean, you know, he loves taking vacations. There's a billing. He had a billing issues with Apple. He loves Eileen's special cheesecakes. Apparently, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really weird stuff in here so i i don't know man it's just and then there's this very interesting biden matter uh where there's like a back and forth with breaches of contract and something and he's going back and forth with a a lawyer i don't know this i'm just saying i'm going to give you this link it's going to be like reading a book that is very disjointed and sometimes doesn't make sense. Not unlike James Joyce, Ulysses. I'm kidding. But it's going to be very, it's just very, um, yeah. A lot of bar stuff, a lot of vacations, and then a lot of some porn stuff, and then like uh, uh, spam stuff, and then his really interesting business stuff. That I mean, some of these things I can see right now completely uh, negates the excuses that Biden gave about not understanding. There's emails in here. I've already seen a couple where it's like his dad is, is you know, have you talked to your dad about this, this, this? Or yeah, I spoke with I your dad. I here that says, could you please wire 10K? This is from Hunter. Mm-hmm. Can you please wire 10K to my USAA account today? 
But there's stuff where it's like, talk to your dad about this, etc. Because remember this, and in some of these years, this was around the time that they would, I think they honestly used the VP office as a place to close some of these deals. Because there were so many times when, like 19 different times during the period that Joe Biden was vice president, when they would have uh, uh, his business partner who went and uh, vid- who would, who would they, they was in the White House visitor log. And I, there have been so many uh, reports of other people going in that they were, uh, uh, that were engaged in business with the Rosemont Seneca thing. I just think they need to be, they need to be transparent about this. Can you imagine? I mean, I know it feels dumb saying this, but my gosh, like if, if, you know, there's, if, can you imagine Trump doing this? If only the media would pretend this is Trump. Like one actually laughed out loud just then. Right. Because it is hilarious the way the media is intentionally ignoring all this. All they have to do is pretend this is like one of Trump's kids and cover it that way. But they're not doing it. Oh, I found the email where he was complaining about, uh, I didn't get, uh, I will never take a cut of your check where he's talking to one of his kids. Right. Wow. Telling you. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Gosh, these emails are just crazy. I'm telling you what. So, a few things here that I want to make sure that we're getting into. Uh, I'll bring this up. So, apparently, illegal immigration, the population of those who entered the country illegally grew by a million by a million people in Biden's first year alone. That's according to a new analysis, a study from the Federation for American Immigration Reform said that, yeah, it did bring, it said it's the, from 14.5 million in 2020 to 15.5 million. And they said that it costs taxpayers, uh, when all is said and done, it's a 9.4 billion increase from 2020. So it's like a, a 140, how is this 143 billion? Now it's $143 billion just the cost of taxpayers. That's that's unbelievable. That's kind of well. I mean, I was telling you, like, what it, what was it they said? Texas, Texas was like eighty something. That's like that. Was, so I, I get it. A couple was electrocuted to death making art hyped on TikTok. This is in uh, Marathon County, north northwest of Green Bay. They were badly burned, uh, the, or the uh, home that they were in were badly burned. Fire was extinguished. They, I mean, sadly, they, the couple did not make it. Tanya Rodriguez, forty four, James Coralfi, fifty two. They, expect, they suspected foul play, but then they looked at the autopsies and they changed their theory. They said that it was accidental and it was caused by electrocution from fractal wood burning. Like Lichtenberg figures, a pattern that they were doing and they were doing it for TikTok and that's what happened. Stay with us. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. Make sure you go and sign up for Chapter and Verse, my Substack email newsletter. I put a lot of good stuff in there for you, and I think you'll really enjoy it. And you can go and access that link anywhere on my social media profiles. You can go to, I think it's substack.com slash maybe Chapter and Verse. It's also uh, where it says subscribe up at uh, danalash.com up top. Two things for you. Tomorrow we're going to talk with FCC Commissioner uh, Brennan Carr, and especially... uh, it's it, the the timing for uh, Commissioner Carr is great because he's rejecting this call for the FCC to block 
Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. The FCC was asked to block their deal. And the commissioner said he has no authority to do so. And I'm going to have Commissioner Carr on the program tomorrow to discuss that. Because it's true. They're trying to shut this down any way possible. And the other part of this, Department of Homeland Security is now establishing what they're calling a new disinformation governance board. This is new. The Biden administration's DHS is going to create a disinformation governance board that they said is going to coordinate their countering misinformation related to Homeland Security. I'm sure it'll just stick there. And they said that they're, re- they're focusing on irregular migration and Russia, but that's just the first step. Disinformation Governance Board. This is something straight out of Orwell's 1984. Straight out of it. And they're, because if they can't control, you know, if they can't control Twitter, they're going to try to figure out another way to do it. That's chilling. Absolutely chilling. And I, you know, I'm looking at all, I, I'm just looking at the, at this, that they're going to try everything that they, they can if they're already pushing the FCC to stop this. And now they're going to do a governance board of, and who's going to run the disinformation board? That is some, that's propaganda. That's straight up. And because misinformation is basically defined as anything with which the left disagrees. Carr's statement blocking the FCC or calling for the FCC to block Musk's purchase of Twitter. He wrote, uh, and this is just released a little bit ago. Yesterday, the Open Markets Institute issued a release that called for the FCC, FTC and DOJ to block Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. They argue that the transaction poses a direct threat to American democracy and free speech, and their release cites to the Telegraph Act of 1860, among other statutory authorities, in the context of arguing that these federal agencies have authority to block the deal. Commissioner Carr issued the following statement in response, quote, The FCC has no authority to block Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter and to suggest otherwise is absurd. I would welcome the full FCC making it clear that we will not entertain these types of frivolous arguments, end quote. So because they can't censor conservatives, they're saying that they, it poses a direct threat to democracy and free speech. What it sounds like is the left thinks that the right's going to do what the left did to the right. They think that the right is going to shut down the left on Twitter the way that they shut down the right. The right has no intention of doing that. I don't know anybody that has any interest in it. We're not scared to engage in the battlefield of ideas, to, to articulate a viewpoint, to meet speech that we dislike uh, with more speech. We're not, we're, not, we're not those people. I mean, this is just crazy. This and then this disinformation governance board. <sighs> I'm telling you what, this is some... Just, it's just unbelievable, and that that's that's isn't that kind of scary? It's like Stalinism. This is creepy. Now they lost Twitter two days ago, and now this is what they're doing.
already two days and they're already trying to create a a misinformation board or disinformation governance board. So what's going to be the headline after? Uh, In other news, President DeSantis's first act has been to dismantle the disinformation governance board. Is that? Oh, wow. And the person who is Nina Jankowitz is going to be the director a leftist on, okay, okay, there you go. Now, see what they're doing is they're they're saying that they're going to focus on Ukraine and Russia right now because they feel like oh well that's you know it's a it's a that that could be a security issue and so we're going to focus on this right now. That's how they're going to start it, but it's not going to be limited to that. You know that that's how they're going to start it, and then they're going to expand to everything else. Hmm. Like I said, do you think that they're just going to allow Musk to take Twitter? Do you think that they were, did you think that they were just going to let you be able to speak freely again on a social media platform? Did you think that this was going to be easy? Telling you what, you knew it was going to be a battle. And it's just getting started. A few other things that I want to make sure that we hit on as well. And I have a, uh, a couple of things here. And apparently, as Steve shows me, <laughs> it's it's funny. The uh, I like Musk's tweets on this, but I do think that he's I think he's kind of challenging them to be more ridiculous. The more ridiculous the left is over this stuff, the more that people are going to be against them because they've lost it. Now they feel like they keep they, they feel like they got to double down on it, I guess. I don't know. It's 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 nuts. So, as we said yesterday in a headline, the vice president has has coronavirus. She's been described as being asymptomatic. And I love what Jen Psaki said in the press avail yesterday that Harris is not considered a close contact of Biden. So that's why, because she was asked, well, is there any concern that you know, ultimately, this could that the president of the United States could get this. And she said, no, no, there's and it's and it's because the president isn't uh, it's not he's not a close contact. She's not a close contact of the president. She's the vice president of the United States. How is she not a close contact? How does that they have a weird relationship? And this comes on the heels of this book that's out that discusses how I, I think it kind of explains a little bit why Democrats are in the position that the position that we are in and how there wasn't this great relationship between Biden and Obama and that this um, like apparently Obama did uh, was discouraging Biden from even running in 2020. And that's kind of and Obama never, never supported Biden as like his successor when he left office. And remember the quote that he said, don't underestimate Joe's ability to blank things up. Oh, Biden. Oh, Biden. I feel like I need to keep that. The new book is called This Will Not Pass. And it says that Obama occasionally spoke to Biden after he took office and he talks more regularly to Pelosi and uh, who told a friend. Pelosi apparently told a friend that Obama is jealous of Biden. Biden pointed to Obama 
uh, not being happy about things uh, and that Biden was uh, he was happy and then he didn't like some of the things that Obama had done concerning him. They're, they quote all kinds of people in this book. And apparently not just Obama, but also his staffers were trying to discourage Biden from running in 2016 and also in 2020. And Biden complained that Obama didn't lift a finger to help him. And I do. I would imagine that Obama would be a little jealous of Biden if he wasn't the center of attention. I would also imagine that Biden would be a little bit of jealous, would be angry at at Obama because Biden thinks he kind of has that Hillary complex. He thinks it should be handed to him. Right. But I do get the sense that that Biden, the Obama camp did not like Biden, did not want him as a successor. I think they were the ones who pushed Harris on him. I think that faction of the party pushed Harris on him because not Harris is not popular in the Democrat Party. Don't no, no matter what you you read in the press, she was not po- she wasn't popular in her state of California. She didn't win her her races by huge margins. They were they were they were grooming her to be VP. Very interesting, interesting stuff. This is uh, all the way going to and they don't have any they don't have any young guns to come in and take over. Because they were folk, so focused on Obama, he took all of the oxygen out of the room, and I and and didn't really spend a lot of time promoting other people, at all. One last quick story for you, and this is one of the funniest things. This has nothing to do with Democrats, well, kind of. And this is a New York Post piece, and I was laughing out loud when I first read this. So apparently, Russia staged this fake bust. Right. They staged this uh, Ukrainian assassination attempt. And they were releasing photos of confiscated copies of Sims. Right. Here's the problem with that. Uh, The guy who was apparently assigned to put together all the paraphernalia for the photo purchased three copies of the Sims game. Instead of Sims cards. No. Yes. I sent this out in your prep email. Yes. This is the actual story. The investigative committee of the Russian Federation released the bizarre photos on Monday and announced that police had arrested six neo-Nazis plotting to kill Russian television host Vladimir Soloyevov, whatever, in Moscow. The Russian Federal Police said that they recovered an improvised explosive device, eight improvised incendiary devices of the Molotov cocktail type, six PM pistols, a sawn-off hunting rifle, a grenade, all kinds of stuff, and uh, a number a number of Sims. They have photos that they released, and it's really weird. And people were like, because it had three copies of the Sims game. They put all of this stuff together on like a, 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 a cot and they took a picture of it. This was all the stuff we got when we busted them. And it had three copies of the Sims game there. And it was very much a false flag that was poorly staged. It had a crisp red t-shirt with a swastika laid out to three copies of the Sims. And BBC journalists, they go, well, who knew they were so into the Sims 3? So what happened is some dumb FSB officer was told to get three SIM cards. And they got three SIM games and put it in there. You cannot make this up. 
This is one of the dumbest. Oh, my gosh. Now it makes sense why they have their asses handed to them. Oh, my gosh. They're, the photos are real. They had all their stuff like at this Nazi shirt. No one wore. It's all. It, I mean, it looks like it fresh came right out of the package. It still has the fold mark right in the middle. And then they have the three SIM games right there. Supposed to have SIM cards. They were they, like there was going to be more information on it or something. That was that's one of the funniest things. That's hysterical. And so the guy who was that Russia was claimed was being targeted. He's like supposed to be some Kremlin propagandist. They totally false flag this thing. This was something that they entirely made up. Bellingcat, which is an investigative research group uh, created by a number of investigative journalists that have covered Russia since Cold War. They said they agreed. They're like, this is a dumb officer who was told to get three Sims and they didn't know what it was. So they got the game. You And what gets me is that no one at any time, you, you can't tell me that this didn't run through a number of people. Right. You can't tell that no one at any time stopped and said, wait a minute, what are the games doing here? <laughs> what are the games doing here? Like, what are these neo-Nazis doing playing with playing the Sims? Just it's just wild. But yeah, that's them. That's that's one of the goofiest stories. I had to share that with you. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. So, the head of the new disinformation governance board had tweeted uh, just like two years ago, quote, back on the laptop from hell apparently, Biden notes 50 former NATSAC officials and five former CIA heads believe that the laptop is a Russian influence op. Trump says, Russia, Russia, Russia. Um, that's disinformation. She's head of the disinformation governance board, and she's literally... Is she governing the quality of the misinformation, or what is she doing? Because it seems like that's what she's spreading. Mm-hmm. So is, the, is this group's goal to spread misinformation, or is it to somehow curb it? Yeah, I'm really... That's a great question. Um, oh man, I'm like searching like mad her timeline and you don't have to go that far back. Actually, it's pretty amazing. There's disinformation expert. That's how she's called. Oh, there's so much video. This is going to be a mine of stuff. Their disinformation side, Trump and Russia, 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 and all of this stuff. This is fascinating. Oh my gosh. I'm so going to have audio for you guys on this. It's, it's uh, trending right now. Just in case you wanted to, you wanted to know the the whole uh, uh, disinformation thing is trending. But yeah, so that's going to be the new thing they claim that they're going to be starting with Russia and Ukraine. She can't even get that right. She's already she's already engaged in disinformation. We don't. What the hell are my taxpayer dollars doing funding this crap? What? Gosh, I'm a little frustrated about this. Now, tomorrow, Friday, we have FCC chairman or commish. Sorry, not chairman. FCC commissioner Brendan Carr on the program. And uh, we're going to talk to him because apparently there are people demanding that the FCC stop the uh, Elon Musk acquisition of Twitter. And Brendan Carr's like, this is absurd. Imagine asking for more government control. That's the left. They think that's what free speech is. 
I know. All right. Kane today and stupidity. All right. Well, speaking of misinformation, uh, Mayorkas was uh, in front of the House committee today, and this is what he said. Yet, we have effectively managed an unprecedented number of non-citizens seeking to enter the United States. They've effectively managed it. Mm. They haven't prevented anything. Apparently, they've just... I think what is what, how did well, like what is the management supposed to be? It's effective. Like what did they manage? Something effectively. That doesn't make any sense. That's what I say. That's why it's stupid and qualified for today in stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, folks. That does it for us today. Uh, make sure you sign up for that newsletter over at chapter and chapter and verse over at Substack. I will be back with you tomorrow. It's Friday.